Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yes, indeed. Happy game day, Houdat. Steve Geller along with Charlie Long and Cullen Steele running master control behind the glass, getting ready for a Monday night matchup in Carolina against those pesky Panthers. And man, oh man, Charlie, wouldn't you know, the NFC South, everybody now 2-0 and besides tonight's you know hmm. participants. It's almost like the NFC North was actually the really bad division. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of interesting. Uh, really surprised, honestly, seeing what Tampa Bay's been able to do early on. I did not think the Baker Mayfield Bucks would be this competitive. Yeah, how about that, huh? I mean, I listen, the Bears, <laughs> I don't know why. And I still don't know why people had high expectations for them entering the season. There's a reason that they haven't won a football regular season football game and I think 12 games. I think they've lost 12 straight. And on the inverse, of course, you have the 49ers who have won 12 straight, so that's just kind of a fun stat. Um, but, yeah, no, I still starting out 2-0 and with wins against, once again, two NFC North squads with the Vikings and the Bears. Uh, good for them starting out strong, but hopefully we can knock them down a peg in a couple weeks. But first and foremost, we have another NFC South squad, of obviously tonight, going to Carolina to face the Panthers, where the Saints have had, you know, <laughs> middling success. It's been very even, Steve. Like, in obviously the 57 games that they've played so far yeah. in their history – the series is like Saints favor 29 to 28. I think the only reason they're up one is because they won that one playoff game a few years ago, right? I think I say a few, it's probably like six years ago at this point. Wasn't that like 2017 or it's something? Not, I don't think, yeah, it's not that long ago, huh? It was It was a while back. But anyway, so like that's the only reason they hold the edge in the all-time series between these two playoffs. teams. Yeah, exactly, that one playoff matchup. But then you look at, obviously, you know, in Carolina, 14 and 14 overall for the Saints. So it has been a very much a coin flip affair even in the golden era of Drew Brees and Sean Payton. So, uh, yeah, but we'll see if they can make that 15 and 14 tonight. A little dig. You mentioned Sean Payton, so I'll bring mm. up the fact that, oh, those Denver Broncos, Sean Payton has not won a game since leaving New Orleans. The Denver now 0-2 start to this season. Yeah, and did, did you see how that game ended? Brutal. Oh, yeah, that was tough. Hmm. For, for those Sean Payton still not getting pass interference yeah, calls. Yeah, 50-yard Hail Mary to go down two. Which was amazing. And yeah, it was, it was fantastic. It just got batted up like five huh. different times uh, for Denver to go down two. And then they go for the two-point conversion to tie it to send it to OT. And a uncalled pass interference call. How about that? Uh, ends up get, sending the Broncos down to 0-2. Starting the season, obviously, with the Raiders and then the Commanders at home, and you're 0-2. Not a very good start for poor Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. And I don't know what it is about Russell Wilson down by that goal line, but I sh I thought for sure he'd be able to run in for that two-point conversion. Don't let him cook. No, exactly. He decided don't to throw it and did not work out for the Broncos. But anyway, back to Saints football. That's what we're here for tonight. It's a 6-15 kickoff in Carolina, part of a doubleheader on Monday night. A little weird 
near week two, you know, to get that sense of two games going on tonight. I am happy for our sake and for sleep's sake that we are at least the early game, not by much, an hour earlier start than the second kickoff. So I'm going to double check this because I also saw this text and I completely agree with it on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. Steve, it said the idiots of the NFL put <laughs> Cleveland and Pittsburgh an hour after the Saints kickoff. They should have played a West Coast game if they were going to be doing a dooubleheader for Monday Night Football. Mm. I completely agree. Wow, I, I don't know, that makes more sense than yes, the NFL has. Yes, like make make the Rams and 49ers game a Monday Night Football doubleheader <laughs> with the Saints in Carolina. Like you have one game on the East Coast, one game on the West Coast. That way, you know, a majority of the nation can watch both games. That makes sense. I don't know why they have the Saints playing in Carolina at 6:15, and then they have the Browns and the Steelers playing at 7:15. That I mean. You're competing against yourself. That I don't. I don't really understand that at all. Yeah, pretty questionable what the NFL does, but I think that's always a question. I do with agree how with you that I, I mean, it, it blows my mind because typically when we have these, you know, primetime games, it's a seven o'clock start time, so we'll be starting first take at three. So it feels like we're an hour ahead of things. So it's just kind of strange. It's like the clock is trying to catch up. But yeah, for sure, I agree with that texter. I don't really understand the NFL's decision at all to have this Monday Night Football doubleheader be competing against each other. But you know. We talked a little bit about, obviously, the Tampa Bay game. Did you get to watch any of the Atlanta Falcons highlights? Unfortunately, oh Bijan seems to be that guy. Yeah, well, we're going to be talking a lot more about the Packers pretty soon. Right, <laughs> you know, exactly. But, uh, yeah, Bijan definitely does seem to be you know that guy, quote-unquote. <laughs> but uh, the Packers, I think, lost that game more than Atlanta won it, Steve. I mean, they, pulled, they literally pulled an Atlanta in Atlanta. Like, they blew a, a double-digit fourth-quarter lead, and Atlanta ended up sneaking out Yeah, it's out like, that wait win. a minute, the, the Dirty Birds are supposed to do this. I know. Not you, Pack. yeah. Darn it. <laughs> Come on, you're supposed to come through for us. That's why I thought, yeah, for sure, you know, this division, you, we, we wouldn't be looking at two 2-0 teams that the Saints have to win to keep up with. And God forbid you lose tonight, boom, suddenly you're in fourth place because then the Panthers are 1-1 one and, one and have that third spot locked up because they have the tiebreaker over New Orleans. Yeah, and the, the Saints would be own one in the division. So, obviously, we want to see three 2-0 <laughs> teams in the NFC South in the early season. Obviously, that might change as it progresses I don't think anyone expects the Bucks to really be – I mean, granted, they're off to a good 2-0 start, like we've said, and preface Baker Mayfield has been playing very well. Uh, but I, I kind of think we both expect them to dwindle as the season progresses. Meanwhile, the Saints looking to get off to a really good start and at the same time bury the Panthers because when you look at this division now, you have the potential for three 2-0 teams, and then the Panthers would be not only 0-2, but 0-2 in the division if the Saints can beat them tonight. That would be gigantic early on in the season with a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young. You're trying to find your footing. As I said, Saints really have a great opportunity here to just bury the Panthers and stay at pace with the Falcons and the Buccaneers early on. Uh, later on this hour, we'll check in with our sideline reporter, Jeff Nowak, who's out in Carolina. Get a little feel of what it's like out there currently. Even a little weather uh, report, I'm sure. Uh, the temperatures will be just fine for tonight in Carolina. But coming up after this first break, uh, get to WWL NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier getting into his notebook, the Thibodeau Regional Health System, uh, which will tell us a little bit more about these Carolina Panthers and some of the players on that roster we need to keep an eye on. I'm Steve Geller along with Charlie Long on First Take. Be back with more Saints Talk right after the break here on WWL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into First Take. Steve Geller along with Charlie Long getting you ready for Monday Night Football. doesn't feel like Monday night right now. I don't know why, Charlie. Maybe it is the 6 o'clock start. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, once again, Steve, I'm kind of a little bit thrown off with that hour early start time. But, you know, they got to fit in that Steelers-Browns game an hour Woo-hoo. after the start of the Carolina start time. I still don't really understand that. But. Joining us now, WWL NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettillier. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. And, Mike, a big one that everybody's been scouting leading up to this matchup, obviously, at quarterback. Bryce Young, what have you seen from the young man? I know he had a difficult start week one, uh, but still uh, can be a problem, obviously, for this black and gold squad who really need to bring the pressure against them. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Bryce Young fan. I'll be honest. I'm not going to pull for him when he played the Saints. But, <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, oh, All I know is look at Alabama today. And tell me that next man up makes sense. Okay? At quarterback. <laughs> they found out real quick they don't have nobody in his area code as a player. He saved that bacon numerous times last year. And to think, you know, the two losses they had, he wasn't on the field when Tennessee kicked that field goal or when, uh, you know, Jaden Daniels ran the long play in and, and then he threw the pass to Mason Taylor uh, for the two points. Uh, He's not the biggest cat in the world. I mean, uh, he's not a very big guy, but he's smart. He's accurate. He understands this game at another level. But um, I'm going to tell you guys something, and I I know I've told this to Charlie before, that uh, at Manning Camp every year, uh, you know, Peyton will talk to the 45 to 55 counselors. And you know, was, uh, we all for you, we back you, we want you guys all to have success in the NFL, and we'll do anything to help you guys with your success. But I want one thing from one of you guys. One of you got to break my rookie 
most interceptions in a season record. Peyton had 28 in 1998. Was anybody more prepared to hit the NFL than Peyton Manning? Hmm. The answer is no. And nobody was ready. And yet he struggled. And Bryce is going to struggle. Also, too, he does not have a legit number one receiver. Does not have it. Uh, that guy's not there. Adam Thielen is in the winter years of his NFL career. Can still make plays, but you know it's toward the end. Uh, Terrace Marshall is a guy I've always liked. Uh, he, man, for whatever reason, he's one of these guys that has one injury after another. DJ Chalk is lightning in a bottle. When he can be on out of the field, again, he also has fought this issue with injuries. So one of the things in in breaking down the film of last week, man, he sort of gauged in hard on Hayden Hurst. He really kind of locked in to the tight end. And that had to be something that Atlanta saw on film because Jesse Bates was right there for two interceptions. He sort of baited him into those throws. And uh, Bates was – he was similar to Arden Key. Arden did it for a half. Jesse Bates did it for an entire game. They could have bronzed those cleats and put them in Pro Football's Hall of Fame if we play like that every week. But he really baited Bryce into making those throws, and they get picked off. So, you know, Bryce has never been known to put up a lot of passes that are intercepted. But, you know, this is the NFL. It's a new world, okay? You're not Al Bundy. Uh, playing at Polk High School. This isn't college football. This is the NFL. And the Saints will see a totally different um, Bryce Young the next time they play him. He's going to learn from his mistakes. But I'd much rather catch him early. And uh, Tim Zimmer had that uh, that stat leading up into this week that in the first three weeks of the season, from 2018 until now, rookie quarterbacks uh, – are one eighteen and one. Okay, that tells you just how hard it is to win if you're a rookie quarterback. He does have some escapability uh, skills. He's not known as a runner, uh, but he, he can move the pocket a little bit. So bottom line is, guys, number one priority for me, and it'll always be that way when do, we do these segments, stop the run. Hmm. Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, stop them. Make the rookie quarterback beat you and find some plays to get some pressure. And uh, Bobby Jay always says this, uh, you hear it from every quarterback. And the worst type of pressure in the world is to get it right up the middle. And what's happened with the Panthers? They've lost their starting uh, offensive guards. Right. Okay, come on now. You've got to take advantage of this here. With backup guards and a rookie quarterback – you got to take advantage of this Carolina Panther football team that is struggling to find an identity other than they want to run the ball. You think about it last week against Atlanta, they ran for almost 150 yards rushing. They, I think it was 148. So they were able to run the football against Atlanta's defense, but uh, fourth quarter, they were out stinkle on offense. They could, you couldn't find a receiver open downfield and, you know, Bryce is feeling the heat. He got to put it up or throw it away. So, first things first, stop the run. 
don't have Sanders and Hubbard uh, be the catalyst to move the chains and force him to make a throw over the middle he doesn't want to make. And so like Jesse Bates, is Tyron Matthew that guy today to kind of bait him a little bit to make that throw? Because you can see he is definitely looking for the tight end because I think he feels Hayden Hurst can get open. I'm not sure about the other guys. Mike, you kind of hopped into the trenches there for a little bit. I do want to ask you about one of Carolina's premier players on the defensive side of the ball, the former seventh overall pick, and I believe the 2020 NFL draft, out of Auburn, Derek Brown, who's the defensive tackle. I mean, if you look at what Atlanta was able to do against them last week, they were able to run for – I mean, you said that Carolina was able to rush for over 150 yards. Atlanta was right there as well. They ran for 130 in that game. Obviously, that was a big reason why they won it because Desmond Ritter didn't have the be- the best game and the turnovers helped too. Uh, but looking at Derek Brown on the interior of the defensive line for the Panthers and what he can ca- kind of cause havoc because last week you saw the Titans and Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons and Tier Tart, all these stud defensive linemen that caused havoc against Justin Herbert and the Chargers yesterday. They're among the best. Now, the Panthers don't have as deep of an interior defensive line, but Derek Brown is, is quite the stud. Yeah, he's a grown man out on that field. He's almost six foot five, and depending on what he's eating that day, anywhere between three twenty-five and three thirty-five. I mean, he is a big man. Well, what's unusual with him is for a guy that large how well he can move. I mean, he he's no guy stuck in cement. He knows how to move his feet. He's technically gotten much better with his leverage and also his ability to use his arms and hands well to come off a block. Now, he's almost six foot five. He's a little short of that. So, what we've talked about with Brian Brzee, okay, sometimes he gives you up a lot of body to get into. He's had to learn how to play at a lower level because against the run, they can move you around. He's never going to be a guy that's going to get 10 sacks in a season. He's always going to be in that area of six to eight, whatever. But, man, he scares you because he puts the inside pocket right up to you. And if you watch some game film of the Falcons last week a couple times, he shoved the offensive lineman right back into the lap of Desmond Ritter. Desmond was getting out of there because the first time you do it, it catches your attention. But he's a grown man out on that field. He's a big guy who does a great job in run defense. He's become a very vocal leader uh, for the Panthers. Again, never going to be a great pass rusher. But he's a good one, and he's a pocket pusher. And he takes those linemen, and he kind of shoves them right back into the lap of the quarterback. When they played LSU in 2019, okay, LSU was rolling. And Kevin Steele came up with this defense at Auburn of this 3-8, where they put three down linemen and they dropped eight in in coverage. So Joe had to throw through the branches uh, defensively to get the ball to his receivers. That was a tough, tough game. One of the great comments from that was Damian Lewis, who was a starting guard for LSU and a a really good player, and he's with Seattle today. Uh, afterwards, he told me, man, it was like playing two of them uh, going up against Derrick Brown. He said, you know, every play was coming from a different angle, but he said it was almost like twins. Well, he got on the sidelines and he made that comment to the wrong coach. 
don't have to tell you who. And he told him, hey, you ain't blocking either one of them. At least block one of the Derrick Browns out there. Derrick is a guy that may not have his name in the stat books a lot, but he influences plays because of his presence. Uh, I don't think he's quite as quick or as fast a takeoff as Isaiah Simmons, but he's a bigger man than Simmons is. So you know what you're getting uh, when you go up against him. <laughs> he is a grown man, and you better bring a sack lunch when you go up to play him. And he don't care how good you are. He feels as though he's better than everybody on that field. He's got a little bit of athletic arrogance, and I like that in a player. Hey, if you can back it up, and he has at the high school, college, professional level, uh, nothing wrong with it. And he feels as though no one can block him. And uh, you're going to see a lot of that big man. <laughs> you better get a hat on a hat on him. And he's real physical. He's a very, very physical football player. So, Mike, kind of looking at this game, I mean, last week you saw, once again, against the Titans defensive front, one of the best in the NFL, the Saints weren't able to establish that run game that we've been talking about throughout the preseason. they got to figure out how to get the run game going. Today against a Panthers defense, obviously we just talked about Derrick Brown, and he's a stud, like you've been saying, and he's good against the run. But outside of that, I mean, Chai Tuttle, we, we all are familiar with him having played in New Orleans. The Panthers aren't as, I, I want to say, bulky on the interior defensive line as maybe the Titans were. And I think there may be opportunity for the Saints to be able to establish that run game tonight, just like what the Panthers want to do. But what's kind of your target, I guess you would say, for this rushing attack against the Panthers in Week 2 from the Saints? You can't quickly abandon the run. you got to figure out a way. But you get no push up front. I mean, last week, I right. mean, you hardly got anything. But that wasn't a surprise. Okay, they had given up, what, 77 yards a game rushing all last season. Uh, did the Saints get to 77 last week? They were just short of it. I think they had 69. Okay. That's a no. Uh, the Panthers, um, I think they feel they can get some pressure off the edge with Brian Burns and Justin Houston. And sometimes blitzing helps the run. Okay. If you got a guy who's not disciplined. Now, I think Burns and Houston are disciplined guys. And so they use the blitz of the edge to try to stop the running game. Last week, they sort of whiffed a few times, each of them, uh, on, on getting hard outside penetration. And then, man, they cut it up inside and got a big game. You've got to be able to continue to want to run the ball and not get away from it too quick. You've you got to be able to run the football every once in a while. Now, I do think they're vulnerable because no J.C. Horn. And I do know who the dude is who took his place. Uh, I scouted him coming out of high school uh, in C.J. Henderson. He was a terrific player at Florida. Uh, rarely was he ever beaten on a play in the collegiate level. He was a dominant guy, a top ten pick. But it's something Ed Reed told me years ago uh, about playing defensive back. And he's like, hey, they don't care about your credentials. You can put those scrapbook clippings in the book, which you did in high school and college. They're going after you. And they're going to test your manhood and see how mentally and physically tough you are. The one thing that CJ has shown is he lets one bad play affect the next and the next. 
I would bet a lot of money that the Panthers' game plan, if they had a healthy J.C. Horn, would have been to line him up against Chris Olave in most cases. Not all the time, but most cases. Tonight, every time I see C.J. Henderson on Chris Olave, I'm going after him. And I'm going to test him. And I'm going to see if I can break him. Because eventually he's going to give up a big play. So it's essential for the Panthers and for the Saints to understand you got to keep Brian Burns and Justin Houston from influencing those plays. So I suspect you're going to see a lot of boots tonight with Derek Carr on the boot, on the run, throwing, uh, because you just can't sit in the pocket. You can't do it. The offensive line hasn't proven they can protect you if you just stand in the pocket. You've got to be able to buy yourself a little bit of time, uh, especially with Brown's ability to push the inside pocket and Burns' ability to come off the edge. Appreciate the time, Mike. You got a good feeling about the black and gold heading into this matchup? Yeah, I see all these guys nationally picking the Panthers. So, uh, what? Man, uh, yeah, I, I feel much better about it <laughs> today. Now, these games, uh, Steve, you and I know, right. have normally been close and low scoring. And even when Peyton was here and the Saints were rolling, you know, that record, he always had a pretty good advantage against the Bucks or the Falcons. That uh, wasn't the case against Carolina. It was sort of a little bit above the 50% mark, but it wasn't much more than that. And last year, they beat the Saints twice. You got beat by Baker Mayfield. Uh, the way he threw the football last year, he was lousy in that game. And they still come up with a W. And then what happened in the second half of the final game, they were able to run the football on you. So That was one I of the worst it. football games I think I've ever watched in my life, that last regular season game. Ugly. What, what, what was Sam Darnold? We had a passer uh, rating of, what, 13? Something like that. That was terrible, and you lost. So I expect, you know, listen, history tells you a lot about how you play teams, that this game will be low scoring, and it'll be tight. Just don't commit the turnovers. And last week was a revelation that you could get three. Three interceptions in one game. It took you to week 13 to do that last year. So, hey, force the rookie quarterback into making mistakes. Don't give up the big play. And most importantly, stop the run. Got it, Mike. Appreciate the info. and we'll be checking in back with you on the Bud Light Countdown to kickoff coming up very soon. All right, guys, y'all take care. Thanks, Mike. That's Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. Coming back with more after the break right here on WWL. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back into First Take. Hanging out with Charlie Long here till, what are we at, till 5? 4. 4 o'clock. So yeah, you don't even know what time it is. Everything's messed me up with this 6.15 kickoff. Yeah, well, you can thank the NFL for deciding <laughs> to do that weird doubleheader with the 7 o'clock start time. I yeah, mean, our wow. Oakland Hard Jewelers Rolex time check right now. 3 hours, 31 minutes till that 6.15 kickoff in Carolina. Going to check in with our Saints sideline reporter, Jeff Nowak, now who is uh, out there uh, enjoying, I guess it's a pretty mild day out in Carolina, Jeff. Yeah, I was about to say, in my time zone, the one I am in, you will be on until 5. So that's, that's <laughs> the excuse go. I'll give you. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's a beautiful day. The Saints, uh, you know, obviously we've got a few hours to kick off. It'll probably cool down a little bit. But, yeah, they definitely got – they lucked out with the weather for this Monday night game. Yeah, don't, definitely don't want any kind of precipitation coming down. Uh, obviously, an open right. stadium there in Carolina. Uh, what's been your general vibe around this team for week two? Uh, it's the first road game of the year, and obviously uh, an opponent they know well in Carolina. So uh, the team's mentality and just the overall, I guess, your feel for them going into into this game against the Panthers, who are 0-1. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because this is a situation the Saints have found themselves in Five years in a row now, they're 1-0. They've won their last five week one games, but each year they've lost in week two and in a lot of instances in ways that were very demoralizing. I mean, you go to Carolina a couple of years ago after that 38-3 went over the Packers and just get torn apart, and that's what the Saints, I think, are very cognizant that they're trying to avoid this time around. You're trying to avoid that letdown and actually improve in some of the areas that you struggled one-on-one um, -on -one blocks. You know, there was about 10 different plays that the Saints identified that, you know, they make one block, it's a big play, it's a chunk play, and instead, you know, you get beat, and it's two or three yards. And so those are the types of things that I think they're going to try to work on this week. They're also going to try to stifle Bryce Young. I think you want to put the game on his shoulders, make him beat you. Um, and I think that's that's what you're looking at. To your point, Jeff, I think we've kind of used a stat a couple times throughout the week is that, you know, with the Saints in week two, despite being so good in week one and week two, I think, what was it, two of their last – or two and eight in their last ten games uh, in week two, and they've lost four straight. But looking at this matchup, I mean, it doesn't get too much easier as far as facing that rookie quarterback. This is when you want to go against Bryce Young. You saw him have the mistakes in week one against Atlanta, and if you can force him into more mistakes tonight, I mean, that's that's a key to success, right? Yeah, and I mean, one of the things about facing a rookie quarterback is you don't have that tape. I talked to Cam Jordan. He said he would almost rather face a veteran, even though he would think that the defense would have an advantage going against a rookie. 
just that uh, the unknown of what he's going to bring makes things a little bit more difficult. One thing the Saints actually do have on their side is they can look at that week one tape and not only take away from it, you know, what Bryce Young did. They can look at what the Falcons did, who their defensive coordinator is Ryan Nielsen. So there's a lot of things that Ryan is doing with the Falcons that the Saints should be able to replicate. And they gave Bryce Young a bit of trouble with some disguised looks. He threw two bad interceptions. So I think to me that that's almost more important than, okay, we're going to look at the Bryce Young tape. We're going to figure it out. Jeff, I have seen that the Saints uh, made uh, two moves before game time, uh, elevating running back Tony Jones Jr. and linebacker Ty Summers to the active roster from the practice squad. I guess that would be not such a great sign that rookie running back Kendra Miller is ready to go or maybe he'll be used in limited fashion. I know we don't know quite yet. Yeah, he was questionable going in. He's dealing with that hamstring injury. Um, Ty Summers has kind of taken the place of Ryan Connolly, who was called up last week. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a game-time decision. And e- even if Kendrick Miller is active, I think it makes sense to call up Tony Jones just in case, you know, he gets out there and it doesn't work out the way you've anticipated. So, yeah, I would I would be – I mean, I'm, I'm on the fence. I think there is a chance you see him out there, but um, I wouldn't expect a big role from for him even if he is active. So kind of looking at this matchup, Jeff, I, I want to ask you about specifically the Panthers' run defense versus the Saints' rushing offense. You know, going against the Titans last week, we were just talking with Mike Dettelier about this. The Titans feature one of the best defensive fronts in the entire NFL. The Saints obviously weren't able to get anything going on the ground, only 69 rushing yards. But looking at this matchup against the Panthers, even though the Panthers do feature Derek Brown, who's a premier defensive interior defensive lineman, Shai Tuttle, we're all, we all know him from New Orleans, I, I still think that this is an easier matchup for the Saints' offensive line and that rushing attack to be able to go against the Panthers' defensive line who just gave up 130 yards in week one on the ground to the Falcons. Uh, but, you know, kind of what are your expectations with the Saints' rushing game? With Jamal Williams, do you also anticipate maybe uh, a, li- a little bit of a bigger role for Taysom Hill in the rushing attack as well? Yeah, that was interesting last week. You really didn't see Taysom Hill involved in the run game. I think he had two carries. I think he only had three quarterback snaps. Um, and so, yeah, that, that would I would be surprised if you don't see a little bit more from him I think one of the reasons you didn't have him quite as involved last week is he was dealing with that oblique injury. You know, probably he wasn't able to be involved in the game planning quite as much because you weren't sure what his status was going to be. So I would be surprised if you don't see more of that. I will say, you know, while the Panthers have a very formidable pass rush, just like the Titans did, I don't think their run front is quite as stout. And I think you saw last week that the Falcons were able to get get a lot going on the ground with Tyler Algier and uh, Bijan Robinson. And I think so. If you're the Saints, that's where you really want to focus is you don't want to turn this into a pass rush game because you don't want to allow Ryan Burns to just key off uh, the way we know he can. Um, make life a lot easier on Trevor Penning in that offensive line if you establish the run. So I think that's going to be a heavy focus early in this one. Obviously, we know, Jeff, that uh, Carl Granderson will be the main guy at defensive tackle opposite Cam Jordan with news that Peyton Turner, you know, heading to, to injured reserve with that turf toe issue. Uh, what has really stood out to you with Granderson? I know he's been a guy we've talked about so much as improving every single season. And and this year, too, especially during even training camp, we just saw him, uh, that ability to outwork the other guy. Will he be uh, able to tee off again today against the Carolina offensive line front? Well, I mean, I think that's kind of the question, right? I, I think that Tennessee offensive line <laughs> was in shambles. Yeah. It was not working out the way that they had anticipated. Um, and Carl was able to tee off a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, have to, I talked to a few of the defensive linemen in the locker room this week. And one thing that I think there's been a clear emphasis on is 
players kind of in, increasing or, you know, getting deeper into their bag in terms of pass rush moves. And we've seen a lot of spin moves. We've seen a lot of bull rushes. We've seen guys get a little creative uh, in the way they run their games up front. And I think that's where you're seeing Carl really establish himself. He's not just a run player. He's not just a pass rusher. He's an all-around defensive end. And having that across from Cam Jordan is something that I think the Saints have been trying to do for years. I mean, you had it with Troy Hendrickson, then he got out of town. And so if you can, if, if that wasn't a mirage based on, you know, the Titans just not having it up front, and you can get that type of production out of Carl Granderson week to week, I know Cam Jordan is excited about it. Um, he, <laughs> we were talking about spin moves and Dwight Freeney, and he, had, he mentioned that one of the things that helped Dwight Freeney late in his career was he had Robert Mathis across from him just eating up offensive linemen. Yeah. And uh, he, he said, you know, maybe Carl can be my Robert Mathis. So I think, you know, Carl, Cam is just as excited as everybody else in knowing that he has that guy across from him this year. Jeff, I kind of asked you just earlier about, you know, the Saints rushing attacking established versus the Panthers defensive front. I think it's just as important in this game for the Saints defensive line to stop the run game and Miles Sanders and the Panthers rushing attack that they really love to establish. I mean, they had over 150 yards against Atlanta. You can't have that happen again against the Saints, obviously, tonight. Uh, because if you look at the matchups, I think the biggest mismatch in this game, and I think you'd agree with me, the Saints DBs versus the Panthers weapons. Wide receivers, even Hayden Hurst at tight end. It's just a gigantic mismatch. I mean, the Saints have one of the best secondaries in the NFL. The Panthers have a bunch of wide receiver twos and, you know, some young guys that have question marks. And then, obviously, Adam Thielen in the twilight of his career. Uh, but what are your thoughts about, you know, stopping the run and then having that mismatch take effect in the passing game with the Saints DBs versus the Panthers weapons? Well, I mean, that's kind of where, where I look at it with the Saints. And I've had people saying, oh, they should blitz him. They should, try to, they should try to make him make mistakes in terms of Bryce Young. And I actually disagree with that. I think you run fit and you shut down the run. You dedicate extra bodies to the run. Agreed. And you say, okay, Bryce, what you got, right? We're going we're gonna to lock us up man-to-man on the outside with Marshawn probably on Steelen. And then, you know, you're, you're just going to figure it out across the board. Can he beat you? Can he force you to get out of that? Because if he can't, <laughs> then this game's going to get a lot easier for the Saints, and you're going to hopefully force him into some mistakes and have them playing from behind. Um, and so that's, to me, I think, you know, you don't get exotic. You actually get simple and force him to do the, the, the simple things. Because if he can't do that, then he's not going to beat you. So to me, I think shutting down the run early uh, will be a key for the Saints in terms of, if they can do that, I think they can win this game by, you know, double digits. Uh, if they allow the run game to get going and they allow for some misdirection, make life easier on Bryce Young, He's, he was the number one overall pick for a reason. He can find a way. Um, but I, I do think the Saints are catching the Panthers at the right time. Definitely appreciate the time, Jeff, before you head out to the stadium. Uh, have a great game and hopefully coming home with another victory. I appreciate it, y'all. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. That was Saints sideline reporter Jeff Nowak. We'll be back with more of First Take right after the break here on WWL. Back here on First Take, want to thank the good folks at Magazine Pizza for feeding our in-studio Saints game day crew. Magazine Pizza, 1068 Magazine Street. Dine-in or delivery, the best gourmet pizza selection in town. Magazine Pizza also has pastas sandwiches wings and salads just go check out magazinepizza.com and charlie that is one of the bonuses of being in studio for the road games and not at the stadium i get i get to dig in on some magazine pizza which is delish yeah that'll be fun uh but see we actually got a text i want to address on the okinawa jewelers talking text line said hey crew this will be michael thomas's night eight catches two touchdowns he loves playing the panthers he'll ball out crew who go saints thanks uh, like the yeah, positivity. I love it. I love it. I love Michael Thomas in this game. I love all the Saints receivers, honestly, in this game. I, I think that 
you know, as much as I was just talking with Jeff about the mismatch between the Saints DBs and Carolina's weapons, it's almost the same thing with the Saints weapons and wide receiver trio versus Carolina's defensive backs without J.C. Horn. Like, that's a huge mismatch, too. So, I mean, specifically Chris Olave, you expect to have another big night. Rashid Shahid had that great connection in week one with Derek Carr. And if Michael Thomas has a nice day, yeah, the Saints offense is going to be rolling today. Yeah, I'm curious to see, you know, who ends up being that big target today. Uh, Olave obviously was the main dude in week one. Hoping that's the case for my fantasy team tonight as well. Uh, also, uh, my son has Jamal Williams, but his opponent, and he's only got a one-point lead, has Nick Chubb, and, he, and he's going again. So Ooh, that's, that's a tough matchup yeah. for sure. Uh, we'll be back with good. more first take coming up after the break and the top of the hour news right here on WWL. Stay tuned. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.